Welcome to Real Estate Experts. Join us to democratize the secrets to real estate for everyone, everywhere. Thank you for being here. Let's see what our experts have to say today. Happy Monday, everyone. We are live. Uh, welcome to another episode of Real Estate Experts. Today, I'm with Eric Chavez. Eric comes to us uh, with over 15 years of experience in, in housing. He is the housing director over at Nevada Partners, which is the designated agency for the West Las Vegas Promise Neighborhood Initiative. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, you've been helping families uh, in the real estate scene, you know, for quite some time now, but you haven't been doing it as an agent or as a loan officer. You've been doing it as a counselor. Can you uh, tell me more about, you know, what that is, what that job entails? Yeah. I mean, uh, I've worked with, uh, when I first came to Las Vegas, it was right before the uh, mortgage crisis. And um, I was getting into uh, going into mortgage license, uh, mortgage lending uh, on my own. And uh, that's when the dominoes started to fall. And I found that I had more, uh, more people needing their homes saved than uh, actually getting into a home and getting a new mortgage. Uh, and so uh, I, I met some people uh, that had a nonprofit agency and uh, they were offering uh, down payment assistance programs and home buyer education. And it sounded very interesting to me. And uh, just based on everything that I saw happening, I reached out to them and uh, I ended up joining that team that was uh, housing for Nevada. Uh, and I was with them for several years. Uh, and uh, especially during the mortgage crisis, we did a lot of uh, great work. Um, those were the uh, the recovery years uh, after the crash, and uh, we had a lot of programs that came out through the Obama administration, the TARP funds. Uh, we were able to buy homes, rehab them, uh, and then put new families in them along with down payment assistance. Uh, so it was a great time. We did a lot of great things in the community, helped stabilize a lot of neighborhoods that uh, had just been left um, tattered uh, and, and shredded. Uh, you remember back in the day when people were uh, trashing their homes and uh, disappearing in the middle of the night, uh, letting them go into foreclosure and just we had neighbor, neighborhood after neighborhood that uh, had, had skeletons left, uh, just the studs were, were uh, standing in many cases because uh, people did so many bad things to their, their properties which helped, you know, create an even bigger problem uh, with the crisis. But um, that's where I really, uh, I saw the benefit. Uh, it was good, uh, made me feel good helping people. Uh, and uh, one of the things you realize is that, you know, uh, in our education system, nobody talks about money. Uh, they expect you to know how to use it and to have it, uh, but they don't talk about uh, credit and money and, you know, our financial system, how it actually works. And so that ends up being uh, something that hurts a lot of people uh, down the line, especially when they decide they want to make a major purchase, like getting into a home, uh, they find that they've been doing things wrong for years after year. Uh, and uh, it's very difficult to mess up your financial world, your credit world, uh, but it takes a lot longer to repair it. And uh, so uh, we've seen a lot of benefit come out of the uh, that time. Uh, unfortunately, it had to get that bad, but um, we've seen a huge uh, overhaul in the uh, nonprofit housing counseling industry. Uh, everybody has to be certified now. They take a very uh, challenging test. Uh, it's only got like a 30% pass ratio. So uh, a lot of people struggle with it uh, because you really have to uh, 
have attention to detail is really what it comes down to uh, in order to really grasp what's going on. Uh, and so it's raised the bar in, in many ways for everyone in the industry, uh, and it helps us be more effective when we're helping people and, and make a bigger impact in the community. Yeah, I've, you know, it's a huge responsibility that the housing counselors have and, and really all of the real estate professionals involved in the process to, you know, help guide people. And, and to your point, you know, reality where there's like a lack of this information readily available through our public school system, it's not being taught as much as it probably should be. And so it's really like these real estate professionals, whether they're counselors or agents or et cetera, that are there. And it's, you know, the system obviously wasn't set up in a way uh, to prevent what has happened in the mortgage crisis, right? The mortgage crisis happened. And I want to double click on that because you mentioned that a lot of families came out of that. And, and you know, some of them were, you know, first off, a lot of folks did the zombie foreclosure, which, uh, you know, freaked me out too the first time I actually heard about it because, you know, I, I heard about it from people telling me about them leaving their properties and it, it really just blew my mind that that was something that happened in mass. But some of the families were lucky enough to come and get counseling. And there might be, you know, not might, there definitely are a good amount of families here in Southern Nevada that are struggling with a similar experience. It's not exactly the same, but something similar. But they're able to come and get counseling at a nonprofit like Nevada Partners. I mean, you know, what is available? You know, could you talk about like what's available to kind of help folks uh, get out of those you know, situations? Well, uh, right now we're kind of in the middle of a, a window uh, of opportunity in that um, last year and before there were some programs available to help people who are in trouble with their mortgage. Uh, the money ran out for uh, some of those programs. Uh, however, we are still waiting for the government to pass a stimulus bill uh, that will surely have an additional uh, influx of uh, funding and, and, and uh, specific programs to help people address those uh, issues that they're having. Uh, these days, uh, you have the standard uh, of, uh, options that are available, obviously working with your lender directly, uh, getting some kind of assistance with the payments, either a forbearance, a repayment plan. Uh, if you can qualify for a modification, uh, that ends up being uh, many of the options uh, or selling the property because ultimately uh, the sad truth is not everybody is going to be able to save their home uh, from foreclosure uh, unless you're able to prove to the bank that you can actually afford the payments and uh, stay on time. Uh, and then that ends, that ends up being a, a difficult uh, topic for a lot of people because we do have a lot of people who have gone back to work. Maybe they're not making the same amount of money as they were before. We have a lot of people who uh, haven't gone back to work uh, and they still want to try and save their homes. However, one truth that people uh, don't seem to grasp because it's of the way they are, our education with the financial system is, is uh, when you buy your home, you have to qualify uh, and prove to the bank that you can sustain those payments and, and you can uh, be a successful homeowner. If you fall into trouble and you need to go to the bank for assistance, that's not a normal thing. Up until, uh, what, 10, 12 years ago, uh, well, not 14 years ago, uh, that wasn't really a thing. Uh, where you would go to the bank and ask them to reconsider your payments. Um, and so uh, now, because it's happened in such a big way with the mortgage crisis, people feel that it's something that they're almost going to be guaranteed, uh, that uh, they're entitled to it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the case. You actually have to prove to the bank that you can afford it. 
And if your income has gone down, uh, if it goes down too much, then the bank may decide that uh, you're not going to be able to afford this house and you either have to sell it uh, or find some other means by which to uh, try and, and uh, stay in that property. It could be increasing your income, right? Uh, and people, uh, they say, well, of course, I want to increase my income. Uh, but when it comes to the prospect of, you know, getting with the mortgage, uh, getting on the same page with the mortgage company, that's what ends up creating some problems. Uh, and yeah. so part of the problem that we help is get them to understand how they're looking at it from their perspective. When people are talking to us, they talk about, you know, the big banks, like let's say, you know, Wells Fargo or Bank of America, they want to take my house. No, they don't. Uh, they're yeah. a big corporation. They could care less about your house, right? The person on the phone uh, is just being yelled at all day, every day, and you're just another person yelling at them. And so that's why you're having a tense phone call uh, because you're you're trying to fight with a person instead of negotiating with a corporation. Uh, and so that first piece of yeah. understanding helps a lot of people a long way. Yeah. No, that's that's such a great point, Eric. And you know, it is such an emotionally written process. You know, it's you know, it's your home. It's where your kids go to sleep at night if you have kids, right? I mean, I, I understand why folks are coming from that. But I want to bring up, um, you know, there was this class that I saw by a gentleman named Chris Voss, and he's uh, like this master negotiator. Uh, I believe he was like a negotiator for the FBI, hostage negotiator. And in the class, they actually mentioned talking to customer service folks, right? Like at the bank or the airline and, uh, you know, you know, just like expressing empathy and patience and being nice to these folks that do customer service could go a long way in helping in helping move the conversation forward. Because, again, the chat, they're not the problem. The problem is this situation or this negotiation. And you're both negotiators at the table. Yeah, being nice to people always goes a much longer way. You know, I get it; it's tough, but but you know, folks can try harder, or you know, be more empathetic. That might make it. That might at least help get more info. But I think let's. Uh, but that's not the whole thing, right? You said that there is a couple options for folks that you know, might be stuck in the forbearance foreclosure process or whatever the issue is. Is it that? Um, like, what would you recommend? Do folks? I know that some housing counselors do like the financial deep dive right where they would offer that is that one of the things you would recommend for somebody you know if they said hey i want to increase my income maybe you kind of do that assessment with them and then maybe a careers assessment or recommend like job resources i mean can you kind of walk me through um some scenarios yeah i mean uh one of the easiest ways of increasing your income is usually getting someone to pay you rent right uh, rent out of room that was a big uh oh, nice. thing that a lot of people did back uh, that's something that the bank will accept, uh, right? Even if it's, you know, family, you have uh, uh, an adult child moving back in with you uh, or, you know, your parent uh, who's going to pay you rent. Uh, if you can document it uh, and the bank accepts, uh, you know, the uh, what you provide as evidence and, you know, the numbers um, they, they, draw, they pencil out, then they will accept it. Uh, and I've held uh, hundreds of homeowners stay in their homes and all they had to do was, you know, contact a relative or a friend, uh, sometimes a stranger. Uh, and But it gives you that extra money sometimes, uh, like when we had people that were on Social Security. Uh, you're on Social Security, you are on a limited income, and the government limits you even further. You can't go out necessarily and just work full time. Uh, and so uh, they, they're, they're walking a very fine line as well. Uh, and uh, one way of being able to get them to increase their income is uh, some a home-based business or renting out one of your rooms. Uh, those are the immediate uh, 
solutions that we could put in front of people. Uh, if we were going to start talking about applying for other jobs and job training, that would be a more comprehensive uh, approach to uh, solving their situation that might take a little more time. Uh, many of these people, you want to be able to get this done within a very specific amount of time, uh, especially right now, because we have the moratoriums that are ending. Uh, and uh, once they start to end, uh, we're going to see a lot more activity, a lot more, uh, we, we may see uh, more urgency on the side of the government to put something in front of everyone that, that uh, uh, is going to help address these issues and keep people in their homes. Uh, because we don't, we definitely do not want to see another wave of foreclosures and short sales, things like that. Uh, especially after we've worked so hard for the markets to come back. Uh, here in Las Vegas, uh, the market is very hot. It's one of the hottest markets again in the country, uh, if not the hottest market, because uh, it's just very favorable to a lot of people's, um, a lot of people, entrepreneurs, business, tax purposes, things like that. Uh, and so. Um, the cost of living has also uh, been a big, big factor in drawing a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's raising the prices. Um, you know, Las Vegas is becoming the type of city, like you know, many other cities, uh, where you know the influx of folks wanting to move to the town. You know, ballooning our population. You know, which is lots of good things are coming from that, as we're seeing. But you know, one of the side effects that's not so great is that you know, home, you know the the median sales price of a home is starting to become you know go out of the reach of so many las vegas residents and so you know if you are watching right now and you do own a home you know it's worth the battle to to keep it because you know we don't have a solution you know that's coming down the pipeline anytime soon for the overall like housing crisis that's being faced you know not just in vegas but in like cities all across the world um and so you know you know, come see folks like Eric to, to get the help um, because, you know, there's some, some more to it. I mean, Eric, unlike a real estate agent or a lender, I mean, you're not necessarily, you know, making commission off of any of these transactions. You're, you're you know, HUD certified, so you're, you know, recognized by the federal government as a nonprofit agency. I just want to share that so folks understand, like, you know, when they come to a housing counselor, you know, they're having an opportunity to talk to somebody who's, um, but not biased or motivated by, you know, any sort of upside, right? You know, your upside is the community stability at the end right. of the day. Talk uh, that. Yeah, that was one of the things that I always stressed, uh, especially during the mortgage crisis was, you know, the housing counseling agencies, uh, we're not charging people anything when it comes to mortgage uh, default counseling, foreclosure prevention. Uh, and that's a great place to start because uh, if I can't help you, uh, I will put you in, uh, point you in the direction of uh, where you can find some help. That might be an attorney. Uh, I've met with people in the past whose their their situation was so far gone. It was so complicated. It had legal issues, uh, several different parties. And for me, I'm not an attorney. I'm not even going to pretend that I am. Uh, and uh, I will point you into a uh, direction of an attorney that can help you. Uh, but at least you have that opinion as opposed to if I go start with an attorney today, uh, will attorneys uh, they're going to, they charge by the minute. So just keeping you there and telling you I can help you, uh, I mean, that's going to get them a paycheck anyway. And so um, I, I have nothing to gain by uh, helping you or not helping you. Uh, obviously, our main goal is, is to provide it, uh, the best assistance to everyone that we can. Um, but some situations just end up being uh, better suited for um, other people, other professionals. Uh, and that's one of the things that you want to be able to identify up front because uh, you don't want to waste your time. Uh, these days, 
it's not like it was back in 2008 and 2009 where everybody was upside down. People still have equity, a lot of yeah. it in their homes right now. And so uh, one of the big things with the banks back then, uh, they would drag their feet because they were waiting for the prices to come back. That's what they wanted so that they wouldn't have such a huge loss. Uh, so right now, uh, if they're going to if they're going to uh, accelerate things uh, because they're trying to capitalize on uh, the values in the properties, then you might get forced to sell your home uh, because you're not either cooperating uh, or you're you're just not understanding the process uh, well enough to be able to negotiate successfully with with the bank. So uh, always um, try to find uh, professionals that can help you out uh, in the best way possible, give you the right information uh, because I do not see. Uh, if we were to get into another foreclosure mess uh, this time around, I don't see it lasting as long because the banks are going to be capitalizing on uh, all that additional value that's left in the homes. That's insane, Eric. I mean, we have less than 10 days now, right, for the moratoriums to be lifted. Um, it's clear the legislature didn't want to do anything further, right? The federal government hasn't really done anything yet. I mean, and, and, and to be fair, I mean, it's been a long time, right? And so there's been a lot of pressure from the landlords and from the folks on the other side of the transaction, you know, to say, hey, we're sick of this, we're tired of it, we can't take anymore. And and so, you know, we're gonna see things, like you said, potentially happen very quickly. So how could folks get in touch with you or, you know, what is what is your recommendation? I mean, if you know, we're talking about a timetable of less than two weeks to understand what's happening, what would be your recommendation to take some immediate action? I mean, I would say go to HUD.gov, that's H-U-D dot G-O-V. Uh, you can visit HUD.gov, that's the website for HUD. You can look up local housing counseling agencies in your area. Uh, we're up on the north side of town, so uh, if you live in Henderson, you might not want to drive all the way out here, but there are agencies all over town uh, that you can contact and go see, uh, talk to them about what your options are at the very least. Uh, that consultation is not going to cost you anything, but it's going to give you a world of, uh, of information uh, and be able to point you in the right direction. Uh, and hopefully they can, uh, because we, like I said, we, um, it's not going to be very long before uh, we see these dominoes start to fall. And so uh, the government's going to be stepping up, uh, whether they like it or not. Uh, and so we'll need to have uh, some additional um, options to be able to provide to people. Uh, one of the pro programs that we do hope to see come back was the Hardest Hit Fund. The Nevada Hardest Hit Fund was around for, I mean, pretty much since uh, like I think 2010, 2011, and they just okay. ran out of money a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, it, they're hoping to get refunded as well with the stimulus uh, so that they will be able to provide emergency assistance uh, towards the end. Uh, they were providing up to five months of mortgage payments to uh, homeowners who were behind and um, that money is something that just kind of stays attached to the house for three years. There's no payments on it and it goes away after three years so long as you know you don't try to uh, sell the property, cash out equity, things like that. Uh, people try to capitalize. Uh, but it was a great program. Uh, it did help a lot of people and so uh, that's one of the local programs that we hope will come back immediately. Everything else may look similar to uh, what we saw during uh, the Obama administration, uh, those, those TARP funds that they put out there. And um, we'll, we'll, we just hope, uh, visit HUD.gov, uh, find some counselors or call us at Nevada Partners. You can look us up at uh, nevadapartners.org uh, and reach out to us and uh, we'll be able to sit with you and look at what your, what your situation is like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric, I'm gonna type this in here in the chat um, as well. 
and throw it up on the screen uh, for NevadaPartners.org. But, um, you know, you are definitely an expert um, and, and, and folks can get access to experts like yourself. And so, you know, please, you know, if, you, if you're in need of some resources, whether you're on the side of the forbearance or even on the side of, uh, you know, being a first time homeowner, first time home buyer, organizations like Nevada Partners and the others that you'll find at HUD.gov, you know, are here to help. And, and so, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're somebody who wants to join the cause, who wants to become, or at least learn more about housing counseling and the resources that are available and how to be, um, you know, an ambassador of these resources in your community. So Eric, could you kind of talk us through, I mean, um, what the process is like for becoming a housing counselor and, and what people can expect from that kind of career? <clears throat> well, uh, experience in uh, finance, uh, mortgage uh, usually is helpful uh, or some type of housing experience. Uh, we just hired an administrative assistant who uh, didn't have a lot of mortgage experience, but he did have a lot of like government contracts uh, regarding housing, like Section 8 housing uh, and veteran housing. Uh, and so uh, these are the kinds of things that definitely uh, give you an advantage because a lot of what we deal with is um, specific agreements with uh, either private organizations or government organizations. Uh, and a lot of these things end up looking uh, similar uh, in many ways, uh, but uh, being able to navigate those so that um, it's not a total learning process from, from scratch. Uh, however, anyone really could become a housing counselor. Uh, there is a lot of training uh, that's involved. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was hired as a housing counselor, um, I didn't even work in the office one day. Uh, the first thing they did was they sent me out to Sacramento for um, a convention, a counselor's convention, where they were talking about uh, how to uh, counsel first-time home buyers and how to deal with mortgage uh, default, and um, that was the, the mortgage default was a big thing that was now coming up on the yeah. on the radar at the time. And then uh, down payment assistance also because they knew that the government was coming up with these uh, plan uh, these programs to do, add some stimulus and uh, rejuvenate the market. So uh, it was kind of a double whammy, and I really I, I, they threw me in both feet, uh, and it was exciting at the time because there was a lot going on. I remember even uh, the government had uh, commercials for housing counseling, go see housing counselors and uh, the Home Again program through Cortez, uh, Catherine Cortez Masto. Uh, she put that program together and there was also, you know, our, our local officials, the mayors talking about go see HUD certified counselors. Uh, and and we, we had a lot of great activity. We had some uh, esteem, uh, notoriety. Uh, and then as soon as the market starts to get better, then, you know, they don't really rely on us anymore. Uh, and so we kind of fell by the wayside, but I'm sure that that uh, uh, you'll be hearing about us a lot more as uh, um, as these moratoriums begin to end and people start to uh, need to find solutions to their situation with their homes. Uh, not just their not just homeowners, uh, renters as well. Uh, that's a big one uh, that HUD is also pushing. Uh, they want everybody to be able to uh, assist with. Uh, whatever fallout we're going to have from this rental crisis, because uh, I think it's going to be a lot worse than what people are um, what people are being talking about. Uh, they haven't really been uh, saying too much about it, talking about it in a very um, peripheral way. Uh, but uh, you know, landlords have been struggling, uh, renters have been struggling, and then there's renters that decided they were going to take advantage and not pay, even though they had yeah. money. And so, I mean, there's a whole lot of 
uh, just bad stuff that's going to bubble up to the top at some point. Uh, and uh, well, the good news is if you are a buyer, uh, then uh, this is something that uh, could potentially be good for you because you will have more opportunities to buy, uh, which is exactly what the uh, buyer's market needs right now. Uh, I read something the other day where every home that goes that gets listed in Vegas, it has up to 10 buyers uh, that are, yeah. are trying to buy. There's more. There are some homes getting 20 offers. Well, 20 offers, but I mean, literally, if they broke it down to how many buyers there are in the market versus homes, oh, each house could have 10 buyers uh, ready to go on it. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's insane. Uh, and uh, I, I hear crazy things. You know, someone offered a seller $100,000 in cash if they would accept his offer. Uh, and that's not even in the contract. That was off to the side. So people are desperate and they've got the they've got housing fever again. That's insane and uh, definitely makes it challenging. And so, you know, hopefully there are some resources. I think one of the things that, you know, in our conversations before, that seems to be like a common theme for why the housing counseling resources could be a really good benefit or even a career in counseling and um you know, goes back into the financial education. Um, that's not, you know, really mainstream. That's not really being taught in schools. Um, you know, that's not being man mandatory at least. So, I mean, when um, we could save this for a future episode too. So, you know, I kind of defer to you in terms of how you're feeling, but uh, would, would you like to kind of talk more about, um, you know, some like uh, top, uh, you know, things to know about in regards to like financial literacy or, or common mistakes that you're seeing um, that are preventing folks from you really taking full advantage of, of this market? Uh, well, I mean, just in general, people are uh, missing out, not being able to take advantage uh, of, of their full potential because they don't have that education. They don't have that information. I mean, um, I have a client who came to see me uh, and uh, she was in her 50s. Uh, and uh, she thought she had a credit card uh, for many, many years, and actually she didn't. All she had was a debit card, and with her credit score, when I ran her report, it came back as zero. Uh, well, not available, because it wasn't anything, it was just zero. Uh, and so um, she was confused because her debit card has a Visa logo on it. She goes, I don't understand, why does it have a Visa logo? And so I have to explain uh, the whole yeah. checking system to her, uh, something that I would expect someone who's older than me uh, to already know. How have you been working the financial system if you don't understand something as simple as the difference between my credit and my debit card, right? Uh, and so the financial education part is huge. Uh, you know, people don't understand their taxes. People know they have to pay them, but they don't really understand why uh, or what they're paying for. Uh, and, uh, you know, credit, uh, the credit thing. Uh, yeah, I, I remember when I was in college, um, it was before the changes in the credit laws, uh, and they had booths after booth. Uh, in the student union offering CDs and Frisbees and all kinds of little free gadgets just for signing up for a credit card. Uh, and they can't do that anymore. Those, you know, it was a huge change with the laws. Yeah. But back then, uh, it was the days of free and cheap credit uh, and anybody could get it. And so, of course, uh, me uh, being a young man, not knowing any better, I got all kinds of credit. Uh, and, you know, I got into trouble uh, that I had to dig myself out of. Uh, and the only way that I saw fit to was to, you know, study it, learn it, uh, because that was kind of uh, the only way out of it. Uh, fortunately, because I got into mortgages, I really got a, a big education on credit uh, and how to help people in, in exchange, help myself uh, improve my credit score and my credit profile. 
uh, overall, uh, because people always focus on just their credit. Yeah, uh, credit score. Sorry, uh, but it's more than just your credit score. Uh, people yeah. don't really realize what's on it. I mean, your whole life is on it. The places you've lived, the jobs you've had. Um, you know, if you ever got into legal trouble uh, and didn't settle the debts, uh, these are all things that can appear on your credit report. Uh, and uh, people don't often realize that uh, you know so many aspects of their life uh, are tied to credit these days. Yeah, that's uh, you know I, I that's a, it's such a great point that you bring up. I mean, like um, it's not just about the credit score; it's about all those things that are on your credit report that a lender is going to look at and say, "Hey, you know, should I give you a loan for four hundred thousand dollars?" I mean, uh, and uh, you know, our uh, I've heard one lender say, you know, like you can't even pay your phone bill. It's a hundred dollars a month or $60 a month. Like, you know, how are you going to expect us to fund your loan? Even if somehow your credit score meets the minimum. And so I would love to uh, like double click on that a little bit further, Eric. I mean, what advice might you have for somebody, you know, if you go back to uh, let's pretend you're talking to uh, somebody, you know, the younger version of yourself, you know, somebody that's maybe just out of college, they maybe has some student debt, maybe has, uh, you know, some racked up credit cards. I mean, like, what can people start doing if they're in that position to, um, you know, dig themselves out of that? Uh, one of the biggest things that uh, I started doing was uh, I'm a very visual person. So I had to, well, first write it down, you know, so I could see it. Oh, yeah. This is how much I have in debt. This is how much I have in money, uh, more importantly. Uh, and then after a while, I switched to a computer and I was able to do it on, on an Excel spreadsheet. But um, it really is an eye opener uh, when you look at this is what I plan to spend and then how much money I have. And then you also got to look back uh, and see how much did I actually spend? Uh, because sometimes there's just little things on the side that, you know, you don't realize uh, you might buy lunch at work every day. Right. Uh, that could be up five to ten bucks every day. Uh, and if you're not counting that, that, that kind of thing adds up. And so this just uh, especially with the the way we live digitally, it's just so much easier to spend uh, without really paying attention, uh, and that's what ends up happening. So uh, sliding the cards uh, becomes so diff so easy uh, that it, it's difficult to kind of keep track of everything unless you are actively doing it. Uh, and like for me, like I said, I, I'm very visual, so I had to actually keep uh, a list and you know kind of monitor that for a while. And and it was a bit of a process, uh, you know you realize um, very quickly that it's not a situation that you like, uh, especially if you're having debt problems, uh, something that you really want to get out of. Um, a lot of times people, for example, if they get too uh, far in on their credit cards, uh, one of the big things that they do is they look at the interest rate on the credit card and they say, that's the one that I need to pay off first. Uh, and that's not necessarily the right one. Uh, I would say uh, if you're trying to pay off debt, you're trying to get a handle on your credit cards, you need to pay the one that's closest to zero first. Yeah. Uh, because then I can chop that tree down much faster than the big tall tree, right? right. It's also uh, and motivation so, of like, okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, which keeps you motivated right. and not distracted to go, oh, I'll just get lunch again for another $20 on this Exactly. And it's, it's important to have milestones. Uh, and so if, if I have three big credit cards that I'm trying to get rid of, once I get that first one out of the way, I can take a sigh of relief and say, finally, I just have, you know, this, uh, these other two to tackle uh, and, and, you know, try and, and go after them. So, uh, yes, definitely some measurable outcomes, uh, because if you're focusing on that one with the highest interest rate, chances are it's got a high balance as well. 
and that might be uh, one of those uh, uh, unachievable milestones because now you're trying to reach for the farthest goal instead of trying to catch the one that's closest to you uh, so that you can uh, have measurable uh, progress. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, Eric. And and you also said, uh, you know, one thing that also resonated with me was being uh, visual about it, like uh, writing it down and then putting it into the spreadsheets. And uh, I just discovered, um, you know, I've been messing around with like these different financial apps and trying to find the right recipe for me to, you know, to because, you know, some of it can be automated. Like I, I found some apps where it's like you could just plug in all your bank accounts and then it'll start like categorizing your expenses. I found another app. It was... Um, wealth wave and um you know i'm going to test it out i can share more after i test it but one thing i really liked about it was uh and is uh, like how easy it is to set up so many different bank accounts and that way you can just like split up your you know types of expenses or types of like incomes into different bank accounts and and the benefit the key benefit of that is just so you can have a snapshot of like everything that's going on you know for me that makes it more visual than like just having the one or two accounts to look at, right? Um, yeah, I get a better understanding of, okay, this is what's going on. Um, which actually goes back into this, uh, I did another podcast episode with this gentleman named uh, Rocky Lalvani uh, earlier episode, I think it's like episode 10 or 11. And um, he's talked about this profit first methodology. Um, are there any, you know, if, if that resonates with you or any other like, uh, like, you know, whether it's Dave Ramsey or, you know, Greg Cardone, or do you subscribe to any of like those financial gurus or methodologies, you know, that you felt has like positively impacted you or, or no, or you follow like, I know I, I, uh, there's a lot of good information out there. And then there is a lot of, um, very specified information as is, is a good way of putting it. Uh, just for example, um, you mentioned financial literacy earlier. And so uh, last year I put together a, a workshop for financial literacy to help people out. I did it in, in the, uh, conjunction with the Mexican consulate here in Las Vegas and uh, my previous agency. And uh, they wanted me to introduce banking partners to come in and, and help with the financial literacy. And I actually kind of resisted on that because my pre presentation was going to be neutral and it was going to talk about how these products work. Uh, and part of the problem is when we start going to, uh, let's, we'll just go with the big banks because they're easy to pick on. Uh, if you're watching a big bank's presentation, and I did recently with financial literacy because I was comparing notes, ultimately it always comes back to use our products. Uh, this is what we do for you. And so it ends up being a sales pitch rather than actual honest information that's useful. Uh, and so same thing when we have these talking heads, you mentioned Dame Ramsey, uh, there's Susie, uh, lots of people who, you know, they have their opinions, but they have a very spe specified opinion. Uh, and a lot of it is tied to whatever their, um, uh, yeah, maybe a cultural, political affiliation, things brand. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so th there's a desired end towards that. Uh, and for example, Dave Ramsey always talks bad about insurance. Uh, and so he doesn't think like life insurance is a good investment. However, uh, I know that historically rich people love insurance and that's one of the big reasons why it's been uh, so popular, especially life insurance, uh, because it's not taxed. Uh, 
Uh, and so that's something that they don't talk about. Uh, they spin it into uh, a different category uh, in, in terms of you know what the pros and cons are. Uh, and so uh, I do think insurance uh, is a good option, not the only option, obviously, uh, because one of the main things that every financial person talks about is what diversify, right? Uh, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, if you put all your money in the stock market and the stock market crashes tomorrow, you're going to be up a creek. Uh, but if you put some of it in the stocks and you put some of it over here and over there, well, then uh, you're able to weather the storm when you have the ups and downs. Uh, and so um, sometimes these talking heads, they they have a lot of very strong opinions for their own reasons. And um, I listen but I, you know, I take it with a grain of salt because I'm always looking to compare information. Well, this person said this about this investment, and I've read these other things about this investment in other places, and uh, there in the middle, I can typically uh, find, you know, the the grains of truth that uh, uh, end up giving me the the um, the inspiration to uh, either you know help other people or be able to benefit myself. Absolutely, I love that. I mean, um, you know. Um... Folks, I don't want to say this in a weird way, but like folks probably should know when they're being sold to or like, um, you know, just pay attention and, uh, you know, not everything you hear on the Internet is true. And and to your point about the banks, I mean, there's probably a, you know, a bank marketing meeting or board meeting somewhere that talks about, hey, we did this event and how many signups did we get? Right. It goes back to that as the objective. Yes. I'm not saying that that's Results. bad mm -hmm. at all, right? Like, yeah, it could be the great, it could be a great product. It could, it maybe not, but it could be a great product. And that's why we're inviting them. We're hoping that it's going to be a great product and work out for everyone. We've seen, you know, lapses in our, you know, the bank's history for not always uh, doing what's right for the consumers. And so, you know, the consumer has to do it for themselves. They're not always going to have Eric, you know, looking over everything for them, right? And so, uh, uh, you right. know, paying attention to, like the the um, motivations of the bank of the agent of all of these different folks that are playing a role into the transaction and yeah appreciating all of the advice that they're getting but you know like you said kind of like trying to decide for themselves and and get all the information for themselves um because yeah i mean i think dave ramsey does sell a coaching program at the end of the day he does want you to buy his books which that's great and all but i mean there's just some you know deeper motivate motivation to that right, right? One of the, uh, there was a website that I found as I was, you know, going through all my research and everything. And I really liked it because it's a very general uh, place uh, where you can learn about so many things, uh, financial tools, financial uh, products, uh, even your own tax returns, right? Uh, uh, Investopedia, Investopedia. Oh, nice. And uh, it was a, uh, you know, I went to several other websites and uh, they all kind of had a pitch and, you know, oh, well, uh, you know, just like you said, sign up for my book or uh, these other uh, marketing materials. But uh, for them, they do speak a very pro uh, pro and con type of way. Here's what we like about this. Here's what you wouldn't like about this. If you're this type of investor, if you're that type of investor. Uh, and so it, it's, it's very informational uh, and uh, it does have a wealth of information on there. And it's all regarding your money, uh, your money, uh, your credit uh, and uh, how you can uh, make better of it. I love it, Eric. This has uh, been, you know, super cool doing this with you. I hope we get to do, you know, more. Um, sure. Are there any, um, you know, final words you'd like to share with with the audience before we sign off for today? 
Uh, I would say, just as uh, we touched on earlier, uh, if you're having any troubles with your mortgage or your rent, uh, reach out to a HUD-approved housing counseling agency to help you out. Uh, if you're looking at purchasing a home, uh, there are more than 20 programs out in the community that can help you uh, get into uh, the home that you want. And uh, it's just a matter of finding the information. Uh, when we do that, uh, when we, we get all of that information together so that we can help people and, and give them as many opportunities as possible to uh, reach their goals and, and their dreams, right? Uh, so reach out to us, reach out to one of the uh, uh, HUD approved agencies uh, in the community, in your community. I'm not sure how far our webcast is going. I'm thinking Nevada, but if you're outside of Nevada, uh, these services are still available uh, and they can help you too. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank really you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have tremendous gratitude for our guests and you listening now for joining our mission of democratizing real estate education around the world. If you want to learn more from our experts, our mission, and get involved, then please visit realestateexperts.org to get started.